Hello, it's Beth Kempton, author of Freedom Seeker and founder of Do What You Love. Welcome to the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. If you're new here, you can find out more about me and my work at bethkempton.com. The Freedom Seeker Chronicles is a place for brave stories, real inspiration, actionable advice, and great conversations. So many of us build lives that end up trapping us, chasing the kind of success that doesn't actually make us happy, until one day we eventually realize that enough is enough. We want to do things our way. We want to manifest our own happiness. We want to escape, make our own rules, and fly free. Because deep down we know it's in flying free that we fulfill our true potential and we really come alive. The Freedom Seeker Chronicles podcast is a regular dose of escape elixir to reignite that desire and light the way. I define freedom as the willingness and ability to choose your path and live life as your true self. In this podcast, the stories will inspire that willingness and in my book, Freedom Seeker, you'll find all the tools you need for that ability. The rest is up to you. If you haven't yet read my book, you can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble and all good independent bookstores. It's the perfect companion to this podcast. And if you've read it and you're here for more inspiring stories, welcome friend, you're in for a treat. So let's dive in. do I have a special one for you today. Over the years, as I've travelled my own path of freedom seeking, there have been times when I've wanted some kind of sign that I'm making the right choices. Sometimes that has been a message from the universe, other times it has been someone on the path who's told me something important. And today's guest is one of those people. Teresa Reed is a fiercely brilliant tarot reader. Her insights, which were fired at me at high speed one after the other, were at once comforting and challenging reaffirming yet fresh. And they were spookily in line with a tarot reading that I'd had just a couple of years back from a completely different person on a completely different continent. Teresa blew me away and I wanted to know more about the person behind the insights. So I invited her onto the podcast to chat and boy, am I glad I did. Teresa has been a full-time card reader for almost three decades. She's seen thousands of clients, including many business owners who queue up for her entrepreneur casts, which give them a 12-month view into their businesses. She's the author of the Tarot Coloring Book, and she offers readings by phone or by email, so you can connect with her wherever you are. Get your cuppa and settle in for an eye-opening chat. Hi, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you because for me, it feels a little bit like when you're uh, in primary school and you have a teacher and they're in your class and they're called, say, Mrs. Jones. And then you, on, and you see her every day, Monday to Friday, and then you go to the supermarket on the weekend and there's Mrs. Jones doing her shopping. And you're like, oh, my God, the teacher has a normal life outside of school. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that with somebody who's such a talented tarot reader as you are um and I just it's I kind of hard it's hard to imagine life outside of you doing your tarot reading so I'd love to start off by asking what's your normal life like I always laugh and I say I have the most boring life imaginable but it's engineered (laughs) it's actually engineered to be that way um I am a big fan of peace and harmony 
And I like to say I'm a classic Venus in Cancer. My domestic life is very important to me. I've been with my partner. Uh, him and I have been married for a long time. I've got grown kids. And my daily life is really pretty simple. I do my tarot work. But other than that, it's cooking, you know, keeping my house in order, running my little errands, um, spending a lot of time with my cats. So it's actually a very quiet, peaceful life. And I have to tell you, it's important for me as a reader to have my life like that. Because if my life was dramatic, I would not be able to show up for my clients. And my goal in my work is always that I must be present. It must be about the client. I must be able to, you know, also practice what I preach. And if I'm living a life of chaos and I don't have it together, I don't think that's a really good example then of doing this type of work. So I have a very quiet, peaceful life. Again, it's boring. I always laugh and I say, if any tarot reader reads my cards, they always assume I'm going to have some glamorous life. I said, no, you're about to do the most boring reading you've ever done in your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So does your emotional state and your own kind of energy impact your reading then in some way? Actually, yes and no. Uh, yes, because, you know, you have to be really a sensitive, empathic person, I think, to do this work really well. That's just my opinion. But I'm also the master of detachment. When I go into a reading, it's like all of my own crap is out of the way. It never, ever interferes, which means I come to a reading, I am objective. I am not coming into it with my own preconceived notions about the person I'm working with. I'm not bringing my bad day into the reading if I'm having a bad day, which, by the way, I rarely have a bad day because it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm just really, really good at keeping myself as neutral as possible. So uh, on an emotional level... I think if my emotional status was really not in a good place uh, and if I wasn't able to detach from it, I'd have a lot harder time doing my work. But I'm quite good at really separating. When it's time for work, any other nonsense is off to the side so I can be 100% for my, present for my client. That's super important for me. It's, I mean, I think that's relevant in any job, isn't it? Um, to be able to... Yes separate your life from the thing that you're trying to do right then that's a really really great thing to be able to do so for the people who are listening who don't really know that much about tarot can you just give us a really brief overview of what it is and why you love it so much and and maybe how you discovered that this is your thing sure well tarot is uh it's a deck of 78 cards and in the cards are all kinds of images that are archetypes. And the images, if you're especially a visual person, they tend to like spark things. They spark like, you might want to call it your consciousness, your intuition or whatnot. And how it works is a reader looks at the images and they think about, well, what does this image mean to me and the question I'm asking? Or what does this image mean to the person I'm working with and maybe the question they're asking? How does it go together? So it's really a combination of looking at the visuals and really feeling out what does this mean? And because they're archetypes, those archetypes are universal. Even if you've never read tarot before, you can look at an image and you can get an idea of something that it's saying. For example, since we are looking at each other right now, I'm going to show you a card. Ooh. So this is the seven of wands. I just pulled it randomly. Now tell me when you look at this card, what do you see? I can see a man um, and seven sticks. He's holding one of them and six of them. He looks like he's a giant standing on top of um, islands um, on the sea. And six of these giant sticks are in the ground and he's holding one of them. Like he's just yes, pulled it out. 
Right. And so right there, you can start developing an interpretation. So you might say that you're, when you talked about him being on top of an island, you could be saying that you're getting on top of a situation. And when you say things like you've pulled the stick out, what is he pulling out? What is he doing with that stick? You know, right there, you can start forming an interpretation. Now, if you asked a question like, how is my career going? This card might be telling you, you're going to get on top of things, but you've got to pull the stick out. You've got to get working here. You know, so you see how that just describing it starts to help you to form an interpretation. So that's how tarot works in a nutshell. And I like to say it really helps people to tap into those instincts and their intuition, which most of us don't do. We all have it. You don't have to be special to read tarot. It's not a gift. Every one of us has intuition, but it's a muscle. I really firmly believe this. And sometimes if you don't use it, a muscle will get flabby, right? So if you don't listen to your intuition, if you don't use it, it's not going to serve you very well. But for those of us who pay attention to it, and tarot is a great way to hone in on it, you find that those muscles become stronger. You become what I call psychically fit. So I like to say tarot is dumbbells for your intuition. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and it just helps you to get more aware. And that's the thing with tarot and all this stuff, you know, tarot, astrology, whatever. It's about becoming more aware because so many of us are not aware. And what happens is one day we wake up and say, well, how did I get here? It's like that song by the Talking Heads. How did I get here? You know, and our life is a series of choices. And most of us make choices without thinking about what we're doing. And so when you start working with tarot and your intuition, you become more conscious. And when you become more conscious and you're more aware of what you're doing and how you're showing up, you better believe you are going to move your life in a better direction. So ultimately, what is tarot? It's a tool for conscious living and really good decision making. You know, I first discovered tarot when I was a teenager. I was 15. I was you know, typical 15 year old confused. And I have a girlfriend whose mother was very unusual. She read astrology. And she said, Well, let me do your astrology chart. And she did it and made so much sense to me. I'm like, Oh, my God, this is it. So I started started studying astrology. And then I was in the bookstore on one of those rare little trips to the mall. And I went to the new age section looking for astrology books. And that's when I saw a tarot deck. And I remember seeing those in the movies. So I grabbed the deck, took it home. And because I'm a visual person, I clicked with it immediately. And I've been reading tarot ever since. So I've been reading tarot now for over 35 years, um, just reading it, but professionally for almost 30 years. It's so fascinating to think of it as a tool for intuition. I think that's kind of a really brave thing for you to say, because I think a lot of I, I get the sense that a lot of people who read tarot kind of shroud it in mystery because that mystery is to their benefit. Right. Because um, the, if I know this information and you don't know it, then I can tell you and then you can pay for it. Whereas you're I think your approach is completely different to that. And it's very open. Yeah. And I love the way that you encourage us to also read our own lives better and you know you're very much the guide and you're the I've had a reading from you and it's incredibly insightful um but I love it that you also encouraging me to to ask the questions of myself um outside of the reading scenario and I guess take more responsibility um for my own intuition and allowing it to guide me absolutely that's what it's all about personal responsibility I, hold on, I got a cat who's decided he's going to get involved with this talk, whether I want him here or not. Um, <laughs> so he might be jumping up in a second. So if you hear an ouch, that's his claws sinking into me. <laughs> but anyhow, you know, the thing that with tarot, 
you know, a lot of times I have people say, oh, my God, you know, you've got to be a gift and blah, blah, blah. And it's again, it's not a gift. It's a talent. It's a skill. We all can make it happen. Now, some of us are going to be naturally a little bit more inclined with it. Um, you know, we're more comfortable with it. But, you know, when you go to a tarot reader, the goal of a tarot reader isn't to like razzle dazzle you and make you think like, oh, my God, I'm so mysterious. Those are the readers I avoid. A good reader helps you to recognize the truth in yourself and the things you already know. We pull it out and we put it in front of you so you can analyze it. We're not here to like put on a show. And I think that's where we get um, a terrible image is there are readers who are out there and they're putting on a show and they're going along with that. And I don't think that really does us any favors. I don't think it helps people to put on a show. You know, one of the things, Beth, when people come to my office, which I no longer do in person for new clients, uh, but when they do come or when they used to come, sometimes they're very disappointed because here I am, I'm this little woman, gray hair, um, nothing fancy. And I usually wear just plain all black. There's no colorful things. And I do all of that for a purpose. It is because I want the focus to be on the client. If I'm wearing distracting costumes and all that and smoke and mirrors, that's not helping you. That's entertaining, sure. But how is that really helping you? And I think tarot can help you. I think it, I mean, it's helped me. So I want to use it in a practical, pragmatic way. And my goal ultimately isn't to razzle dazzle and say, here's your future and now you need to do nothing. I want to put the future in your hands and say, hey, look, here's what's going on. You can do this. You've got this. That's my mission. It's so important because I know that a lot of the people who are listening are people who are really trying to make some kind of change in their life, a big change or a small change. And so often the thing that holds us back from doing that is a lack of confidence and actually feeling that you have the tools and the power to to make those changes yourself makes makes such a difference to whether you actually go ahead and do it, right? Absolutely. And you don't need a tarot reader to give you permission to make a change in your life. You know, it's one of the tools that will help you. And I think it's really a brilliant tool for that because sometimes a person will come in for a reading and, you know, maybe it'll be the one thing I say that finally clicks with them. But ultimately, am I really turning the key? No, they're turning the key themselves. I'm just helping. That's all tarot readers do. We help turn the key. We help put that information out there. So you can do the work that you need to do. You know, and it's really important for you to do the work. Sometimes people ask about tarot's predictions. And tarot can predict things. We can see things. But it's up to a certain point. Because it shows the potential. But it's still out, up to you to go out there and live your life and live up to your potential and make it work. For example, if it shows that you're going to meet a fabulous gray cat, like this cat I have on my lap. He's beautiful. <laughs> yes, he knows it too. But you decide you're going to, okay, I want to meet this fabulous gray cat. And you just stay in your house and you're eating Cheetos and waiting for it to happen. That is not how it works. We show the potential. We show what you know inside yourself. We help bring that all to life. But you still have to go and take responsibility and live your life. The most empowering readings are the ones that help you do that. But let's say you go to a reader that doesn't want to do that, that all they do is they want to make the predictions. You still want to make sure you take what they're predicting and understand that it's not cut in stone, that you still have a, the personal responsibility to move towards those things that it's showing. But also if you don't like it, you can change things. You don't have to say, oh, my God, it looks like I'm doomed. And I've been to readers who've made it sound like that. I'll never forget. I went to a reader years ago. And she said, oh, you're going to meet Mr. Wright. I said, OK, cool. 
And she said, but you're going to get sick. So that may force you to not meet Mr. Right. So what I need you to do is a spiritual cleansing and I'll do it for you for $99. And I laughed. I thought that's <laughs> ridiculous. Now, if I would have been the vulnerable type and not somebody who takes personal responsibility for my life, I would have maybe walked out of there. Oops. I might've been freaked out. I might've, you know, thought, Oh, let me give her the $99. I'm going to make different choices. I'm going to wait around to see if I was going to get sick. But no, I just thought this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Let me go and live my life and be healthy and make good choices. And everything worked out for me. It's a lame example, but you get the clue. Absolutely. And I'm curious about how you use it in your parenting. Um, I know that your children are grown now, but um, how have you used that kind of really intense level of of knowing and seeing and understanding by, I'm, I'm guessing you can, you know, read people pretty well as well. Any, any tips for me as a parent of young children and for anyone listening as a parent of children still at home? Well, I will, I'll tell you how I used um, this stuff with my kids in a second. But the one thing I will say for parents is you have to pay attention. That's the real big thing. You have to pay attention to what's going on with your kids. And it's really important to be open. Because the one thing I think with parenting, we all have this big idea of what it's going to be like because the magazines and all this stuff. But parenting is a lot of lessons about acceptance and being open. It's not a formula, none of that. And the more open and accepting and the more you listen to your kids, the better you're going to do as a parent and the more your kids will benefit. And I think when I see parents in my office, one of the things that I see the most is that they don't listen instead they got their kids enrolled in all this stuff that these kids don't want to do and you know they're micromanaging them or trying to force them into a little box to be this what they think a kid should be like and I just don't think that's that's a good thing your child is an individual and you have to treat every child as the individual they are that's the best advice I can give as a parent that's what I've learned in all my years now my talk about how I use this with kids so uh, I'm a huge astrology buff. I use astrology for planning everything in my business. And I'm very, very good at, at using it to my advantage. Uh, one of the things that I laugh about astrology, people use astro excuses, is what I call them. <laughs> they say, oh, I can't do something because Mercury's in retrograde or Saturn's in my second house or I have a terrible astrology chart. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You're not working with the energy. So when I had my children, I actually planned them by astrology, which sounds completely insane. Are you serious? But As to when they'd be born, you mean? Yes. <gasps> I was working on my conception dates to make sure I would have children that I would get along with. Now, remember, I was a young parent, so I had a little <laughs> crazy ideas then. I'd probably think things a little bit different now that I'm older. But anyhow, I planned my first child so they'd be a Leo. Because I thought Leo women are so dynamic and I want a daughter so bad. Well, I got my daughter. She's a Leo. She came three weeks early and she just made Leo. And when I did her astrology chart in the hospital, because I brought my stuff with me, I looked at her chart and I said, oh, my God, this is going to be a hard kid to raise. I started crying because her chart was all fixed planets and I'm all mutable. So I thought I'm never going to get along, blah, blah, blah. But then I got out of my brain thinking like that. And I thought, OK, I just have to remember she's going to be a very stubborn child. I cannot let her rule the house because that's going to be the problem here. So I knew with her, she needed a lot of boundaries and she needed to feel safe. She needed to know exactly what was expected. And then she was fine. Now, my son, I planned him to be Aquarius. His chart's all airy. And I looked at his chart. It was, I knew it was going to be an easy one because it was one that matched up well with mine. I said, you know what? Him, I just like need to back off and pick my battles wisely 
and more importantly with him, because of all this air energy, he needs to learn how to express what his needs are and not try to please everybody else. So those were the two big things I knew when I was parenting my children. I had to parent them very differently. And sometimes my mother would say, you're being so hard on her. I said, no, I know what I'm doing. She needs those rules and he needs the space and the courage to express himself. And so needless to say, my children are fabulous. They're both in their 30s. They're both really well-adjusted, wonderful human beings. They're living their lives. They're being themselves. And, you know, if your children are able to do that, no matter what that life may look like, then you've done a good job parenting. So that's how I've used astrology for my parenting. That is so fantastic. And there's, there's confidence in that information, right? So when something's going on, think about it through that lens. Like I know this is this is something which is connected to her personality or the way she sees the world. And maybe she's thinking this, which is not what I would have come up with because that's not how I see the world. That must be really, really helpful information. I love that. It's extremely helpful because once you understand your child's makeup and their potential, well, then you're not, it's like having a little, kind of like a little manual. It's like, oh, okay, I see how this child operates. Let me not pick a fight on this certain thing that this is a soft spot for them. You know, let me back off here or let me make sure there's what they need in this direction. Because too often, you know, we are trying to, especially in this day and age, we micromanage our children based on something that we think should be what they should be doing and that's not how to parent and especially with the, when you have others not just one and you see the second one coming and it's very you have to really push yourself to not compare and say this one was doing this at this age and yes. why is that one reacting like that when that one reacted like that and like you say they're individual children so just getting to know them it's it's so, it's so fascinating mine are very small so <laughs> I'm, how old are they um three and two Oh, I love little ones. They're so much fun. But uh, adult children are interesting, too. And I'll tell you, one of the things that's really awesome when you have an astrologer parent, boy, are we handy to have when you're a teenager and a young adult. My kids have known, because I've been able to tell them, this is what's going on with your planets. Be aware. Like for their Saturn returns, my daughter went through her Saturn return. She had a challenging one because she has a challenging Saturn, but she sailed through with flying colors while all of her friends are floundering. My son sailed through his flying colors because they have me to say, this is the energy, here's how to work with it. Mm. And first really first heartbreak and all those things. Yes, yes. Amazing. Having a parent who can guide you through those things without telling you what to do. Yeah. But guide you, because you know the other thing with parent parenting, you've got to let your kids make mistakes. Mm. And you've got to let them get their hearts broken. And boy, does that suck. Because if I had my goal, I would be arranging marriages, making everything perfect. <laughs> that's the part. There's a part of me that really wants to do that. Yeah. But I know that's not good for them. They have to go through these things and stepping back and again saying, let me be open to let them let them do what they got to do. So, Tabby. It's so important. Thank you for that. I'm going to take that on. <laughs> I'm sure lots of people listening will too. I mean, you meant I can't help but pick up on the fact that you mentioned about using um astrology and um tarot in your business and i know that you do an entrepreneur cast for people to help them see 12 months ahead but maybe you can talk about it from your personal um point of view so say um you're looking ahead to um the year that's coming up what what is it that you do what kind of questions do you ask yourself and and how do you find the answers that you're looking for well here's how i do it because People do business astrology their own ways. And what I found works for me, I like to work with entrepreneurs, not big corporations. I'm not interested in that. 
I'm not interested in working with an employee for a corporation, although an entrepreneur cast can help you to figure out how to work your career in general. But for entrepreneurs like myself, my business is an extension of me. So instead of looking at my business's birth chart, I look at mine because it all goes hand in hand. And then I want to look at how the energy is operating around me and how I can best max that out for my business. Now, let me give you an example. Uh, I always say I use myself as a Petri dish. So every year I lay out all my stars. I figure out what the best days are for launching, when are going to be the challenging periods of the year so I can keep an eye on things and maybe not put something out at that time. I always want to make sure I'm working with good energy to get things to happen. And I'm also working with the not so good energy. For example, Saturn, which is, by the way, my favorite planet. Everybody hates Saturn, but I like the underdogs. <laughs> and Saturn is the planet of limitations and restrictions. So about two years ago, Saturn entered my second house, the house of money. And a couple of my astrologer buddies said, oh, yeah, you're going to be really broke the next two years. I said, no, 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 that doesn't, that's not how it works here. I understand how to work with Saturn. I love Saturn. Saturn loves structures. Saturn loves goals. Saturn loves people who are willing to refine and fine tune. It makes you work hard. So I knew that the next two years, either I am going to be broke or I'm going to set up a structure and I'm going to reach a goal. So naturally, I set up a structure and I had a goal. And my goal was I really want to pay down my house because I want my house paid off early. And I want to incur no debt. I want to wipe out as much debt as possible. That was my whole mission. So my Saturn in the second house is almost done. I am about two years away from paying off my house 15 years early. Wow. I just want to put that out there. <clears throat> and I ended up doing a book tour. I have very little debt to show for it. I have a little bit on my credit card now that I have a few months. I'll pay it off right as Saturn leaves that second house. So I haven't gone broke. I've been structured. I budgeted. I found new ways to budget. I've gone through this period like a total champ, and I'm reaching my goal with my house. That's you so know, how fantastic. many people can say that to pay your house off 15 years early? I didn't look at Saturn like, oh my God, I'm licked. I look at it like, let me work with you, buddy. Yeah. Let me work with you. Now, Saturn at the end of the year is going to be leaving that second house. By then, there will be nothing on the credit card because I have very little on there. Then it's going to go into my third house. Now, what is the third house about? It's about your thinking. It's about your communication. So I'm going to begin avidly working on my next book. That is my goal because that's a good way to work with Saturn. It's perfect for writing a book when it's in your third house. So this is how you work with it in your business. You can look at where the planets are lucky, where they're difficult, where you might be challenged, what areas to amp up, what areas to play down. And then what you're doing then is you're really being fluid with your business you can't always run your business the same every year. Your business is going to change year to year. Mm -hmm. So are you. Mm -hmm. So that's how I work. And I've been using tarot and astrology for my business now for many years. And my business runs great. That's I pay attention to it. It's fantastic. I think that paying attention makes so much difference. I'm interested to hear about the, the kind of crossover with the law of attraction, because if you'd read that in a different way and you all you were thinking about is being broke, then you probably would have ended up broke, um, you yes. know, with, with or without um, the other information. So I'm interested to hear that. But also just um, before I forget, for anybody that wants to find out more about that, so say specifically, I'm going, oh, this is really interesting. I'd love to know where Saturn is in my chart right now or in two years' time or when I want to write a book. Um, where, where do you go to look for that if you don't have access to an astrologer yourself? 
Okay. Uh, you can find out by just going online. There's the wonderful thing is now nobody has to hand draw your charts. Thank the good, you know, thank <laughs> God for computers because you can just go online. There's like a program. I think it's Astro Dines. I never know how to pronounce that. It's a s t r o d i e n s t dot com. Um, you can print a free chart there, or you can go to alabe a l a b e dot com, and you can get a free chart there. And then they'll show you exactly where all this stuff is in your chart. It'll show first of all where your where it is in your natal chart. Now, because I love Saturn, I love looking at Saturn in your natal chart because that shows this is the area where you got to pay attention to. Who cares about the parts where you're good? All your strengths and all that stuff, yay, that's awesome. But focus on where the hard parts are in your chart. Work on that. If you nail the challenge, the rest of it is a cakewalk. Mm. So look up your Saturn in your natal chart and then find out where Saturn hanging around right now. It's finishing up its transition in, in uh, Sagittarius right now. It's going into Capricorn at the end of 2017. It's going to be there for a few years. And by the way, Saturn loves being in Capricorn. It's so good for business. So a lot of businesses are going to find that if they're working hard and having a good structure, they can thrive. It's going to be very interesting, though, because Saturn and Pluto are both going to be in Capricorn. And for government, wah, 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 we're <laughs> going to have a two-year intense time. So hold on to your seats, people. Watch what's happening into politics. So interesting. And even more reason than ever to do your own thing, for sure. I love, could uh -huh. you just um, just touch on um, the law of attraction and um, how that fits with what you do? I'm a firm believer in, you know, you do create your own reality. Just like I said, it's all about being conscious and making decisions. And where the law of attraction fits into that, if you are walking around believing that you can't do it and that you're a victim of life, you will be. You will. And I've been there. I, I had periods in my life when I was young and didn't, really connect um, to all of this stuff so well, where I felt like that. I felt, oh my God, you know, life is hard. And when I started adjusting my thinking to, oh no, I got this, I've got this. You know what, I did get it. And when I started focusing on the positive and the things I wanted to attract, it's amazing how those things started to show up into my life. It's not enough though to just put that energy out there though, you also have to work towards it. You know, so I'm very clear about what my goals are. I'm extremely goal oriented. I put positive affirmations out there, but I also take inspired action. I don't just sit around and say, well, I'm going to wish now for, you know, a certain thing. I'll, I'll give you an example with my husband. I have a very certain type that I like. I like all men, by the way. I just <laughs> adore men. I really do. But I have a certain type that I like. And I was very focused after my one marriage fizzled out. I said, okay, I want to really be honing down on what type of partner I want. And so I really put that energy out there, really thought long and hard about it. But I didn't sit home and wait for him to show up at the door. <laughs> I actually went out to places where maybe I might meet somebody like that. Mm. I made the effort and it worked. And I've been with him forever and ever now. You know, so it's a combination of be clear what you want, be positive, don't think I can't do this, but then take practical actions. So important. That's the formula. So important. And do you read for yourself? Yes, I love to read for myself. If I have a question or something, well, first of all, I do my astrology every year to make sure I'm clear on what's going on with my life. So I can make sure I'm aware of the trends and I can work them to my advantage and also work around any problem areas that might come up. But if I have an issue coming up, 
I'll usually read for myself rather than rely on another reader. Because first of all, I trust my intuition 100%. Um, I know it's going to work for me. And also, who knows you better than yourself? Mm. I really firmly believe nobody knows me better than myself. And once in a while, if I'm not being objective, I'll go out and I'll reach out to another reader that I trust and maybe have them toss a couple of cards for me just to make sure I'm not, you know, too fond of my own astro or tarot interpretations here and I'll get another slant. But I have to confess, I usually prefer reading for myself. Really? And I'd, lo- I sure I'd love it if you could talk us through what it feels like when you're doing a reading. So say you pull a card for somebody and it's in front of you and the the kind of in slow motion between seeing the card and the words coming out of your mouth. Like, do you, do you feel it? Do you, is it like you're hearing words? Is it, what, what is it? And, and this is the point of this question is to help people connect with their own intuition, like to hear where does that come yeah. from? I think the intuitive experience is different for everybody. You know, some people get aha, like a big flash. Some people get a gentle knowing. Now, when I sit down and I lay out those cards, it comes like a ticker tape. It's the weirdest thing. All of a sudden it's like, I feel like I turn on and the information just starts spilling out. It's in my brain. It just starts coming. It's like uh, almost like word vomit. I can't (laughs) stop it and I have to let it flow. I allow it to flow. And I'll tell you, sometimes I get clients who interrupt me and I wish they wouldn't do that because you use the magic, you lose the magic there, right there Mm -hmm. when you interrupt me. It flows. It flows like a rapper doing, you know, hip hop. (laughs) it comes I don't totally know where it comes from and sometimes I'll hear like a song like lyrics that turns out I call it a musical oracle I'll let people know I might see something in my mind I'm like I have this vision of something and I'll let them know if that's the case as well and oftentimes I'm feeling stuff in my body it's the weirdest thing so again it's like something turns on and it just goes and goes and it flows and Please don't interrupt me. It will go and it will work for you. Uh, well, I can test, uh, definitely be a testament to that because I remember um, when I had my reading, I at the very beginning, I actually wondered if you were reading from a script because it was coming out so fast. Obviously, you mm-hmm. weren't, and that's very clear, you know, two minutes into it. But it was just the, the quality and intensity of words that were coming out at high speed. It was crazy. And I ended up afterwards typing the entire thing out like a transcript for myself because I really wanted to make sure I'd, I'd gathered all the information mm-hmm. and looking back at it I remember thinking wow how did that come out so fast just really amazing and it actually makes sense um if that's when you describe ticker tape it's you know that's I can completely see it um as if you're yeah. basically reading something that's coming into your mind um rather than like you know kind of planning a talk or something where um, yep. it's very very structured it's, it was very much just one piece of quality information coming off the other it's so interesting do you want to hear something really weird now this is going to yeah. sound completely insane <laughs> so when i take down an appointment here's my little filofax mm-hmm. so yep. you can see it right here yeah so when i take down someone's name um i just write down their first name i never write down their last name I write nothing down. I come into the reading with nothing. So when the calls, it might be someone calling Beth. I don't remember your last name. I don't know who the hell you are. And so when I lay out those cards, then it's not coming from a preconceived notion. Mm. And I, I mean, there's some people, of course, I know who they are because they've been with me for so long. But especially for new clients, I never write down a last name. So there's no research or anything. Nope. I'll tell you a quick story about that, too. And that's on purpose for me. 
it's always important for me to have a clean slate. I also save nothing for my readings. Like uh, when I did email readings, nothing gets saved. I want nothing to refer back on. I want complete clean slate because every time you come to me, it's probably going to be a little bit different. And when I have a new client, I want to make sure that I have nothing preconceived so it's pure. And that way also I can ascertain is there really a connection here or not. Because when there's a connection, that information flows. When there's not a connection, I feel really uptight. Then it's like, I'm not feeling this and it's not meant, you're not meant to be my client. Mm. So I do these things really as a way, again, not to razzle dazzle, but to make sure that I'm connecting, I'm present. And also with the ticker tape thing, I like to say it's like automatic writing. When I'm doing these readings, Mm -hmm. it's very much like that. It's like, I can't help it. It just comes Mm. out. So yeah, I had a client once years ago, he came in um, and he sits down and you know, men sometimes are so skeptical, but I love male clients because they usually end up being the most respectful, which is really shocking for people to understand it. My male clients are so respectful. They are so kind. Um, I rarely have a problem with a male client, but anyhow, but they're the ones who come in skeptical and they act like a jerk in the beginning. <laughs> Once we get past that part, they're wonderful. So this guy sits down. I lay out his cards, yada, 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 did the reading. And after I was done, he sat there for a moment and he looked up at me and he said, how do I know that you didn't Google me before I came in? And I said, if you remember when you called to make your appointment, I didn't take your last name. And he said, oh, Oh, <laughs> he was really like kind of flipped out by that. Mm. Um, and that's when I used to, by the way, pick up the phone and I don't do that anymore. Everyone has to email me. It makes it easier for me to keep track of the appointments. But anyhow, he became such a wonderful client since then. I see him usually once a year. He's fabulous. Uh, but that's an example. Mm. You know, it's like, no, let me just connect with you. There's no tricks. I don't Google you. Trust me. I don't have time to Google you. <laughs> I really don't. So um, I don't do any of that. Now, in the case of a client who's been with me a long time, though, because I've had clients who've been with me 25 years, some people ask, well, how can you be objective? The beautiful thing when I've worked with someone a long time, we can just sit down. We're so comfortable with each other. They know how I work. I know how they're working, what's going on in their lives. So the experience is different. There's this real sense like we know each other. It's like, oh, we've been together before. So there's so much comfort. It also, a long-term client, can get a fabulous reading because we just know how each other works so well. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Like a friend, you kind of where you don't have to kind of finish yeah. the sentence. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I still work on being really objective. I bring none of my crap or their previous readings to the reading, but I love my long-term clients because we just know how each other, we just get each other. Mm, that's beautiful. So um, I'm so, I just love talking to you so much. Um, it, it would be a shame to wrap up without asking you to share some of your brilliance with us today. So I'd love it if you could um, pull a card for us. I'm trying to think of what would be a really good question um, for myself and also for everyone listening. Um, obviously, our theme is freedom. So uh-huh. perhaps the question could be something to do with that. Like what, what is the one thing we could do to feel more free in our lives right now? Yeah. That's a beautiful question. So I'm shuffling the cards. I always shuffle before we pull it. What can we do to feel more free? The next thing I do, just so your readers know what I'm doing, is I cut the card into three piles with my left hand. And the left hand is closest to the heart. So therefore, the intuition or the reading comes from your heart. The card I pulled is the two of cups. And automatically when I pull this, what I think, show up as you are. 
Present people your real self. Don't hide it. When we look at this card, these people are just connecting so genuinely, and there's this beautiful healing energy between them. Show up as you are. Be free to be you. Bring the real you to the table. That is the way you can be free. That is perfect message for today. Thank you so much for your time, Teresa. I just I could talk to you all day long. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Beth. I could talk to you all day long too. This has been a delight. So that's it for this time. You've been listening to me, Beth Kempton, in conversation with Teresa Reed. You can find out more about Teresa on her website, thetarolady.com, or on Facebook as The Tarot Lady, where she shares a card of the day every single day.